Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Welcome to Catholic Stuff. Hello, folks. This, hey. this is an interesting blend. We got Father Michael yes. and Father Nathan. Yes. And we have not recorded in quite some time. Oh, it's been too long, my friend. Not since Bible Far Birds. too long. Really? Since Bible Birds? Bible I Birds. I bet it had to have been the fall. No, I think it was in December or something. Was it? But it's been a while. While they were nesting. Oh. Nesting. Flying south. Do they fly north? I guess in the southern hemisphere they fly north for the winter. Uh, would they? they? Yeah. I don't in know. the southern hemisphere. Yeah. That's an interesting question. We're going to talk about that. But would they be going at the same... Yeah, all right. Because the seasons are different, so... Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to... I get confused. Is it this. true that the toilets flush different? Uh, I think that's a lie. Really? Yeah. No, I've heard that too. It it runs backward. Or like, yeah, I think I think it, it depends. The funnel, on, the funnel runs back. Right, but I think that you uh, you can set your toilet to do that, or you can not. I mean, it's all in the way that your toilet pushes the water. That sounds like a very silly option. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess. Are you going to do? Is it cost more for me to get the option? I, I don't know. Here's the other one. I have a bet going right now with Sarah Heaton. Ready? Okay. I don't know Sarah. I kind of, Yeah, I do. Yes, you do, because uh, Tim Heaton was the one that loaned you that bike that we just took back. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Ready? Okay. This is the bet. If somebody knows and is a doctor or a medical professional or an athletic trainer or a nutritionist or just has looked it up on Google, let us know. Ready? You haven't asked it yet. If you... I am ready. Do you uh, do you have to pee faster if you drink ice water versus room temperature water? The question is, do you have to excrete faster or more urgently if you... Or more drink? urgently? Um, I would say you would you probably... Sooner. Sooner. All do right. You have should to go to should the, I chime in? Yeah, if Do you, you have it. Yeah. Yeah. You you're you're likely hot if you're drinking cold water and the heat probably means you're a little more dehydrated or have been doing something that will lead you to drink water more water. Okay. Quantity wise. And then yeah, you'll go faster. But here's the question. But it doesn't have to do with the temperature. Temperature is merely circumstantial. I think if you drink I, the same quantity, volume of water, right, then no, there'd be no difference. See, um, setting aside all like uh, exercise work that you're doing, um, if you're just sitting at your desk, uh -huh. if you're sitting at your desk and you drink ice water versus regular water, your body has to cool down that water in order to absorb all that property, all the properties of it. So I think you actually lose more water the more, the more ice, the more ice you put in your water. And I would also say... What are you saying? Because it has to do the work to cool it down? Or your body has to do the work to cool the water down in order to absorb it. To Whereas it. if it's at room temperature, it's... It's already ready. It's already ready. What if my know. body likes the colder one? You may like it. But I'm Scandinavian. I got Scandinavian blood. My, what if it wants the cooler temperature? My brother says, you don't drink tea, you borrow it. And I think most of the time it's because you drink an iced tea... And it's iced down, and the more of it you drink, the it's also a diuretic, so that's not fair. Why did we get on this topic? That was your question, dude. Um, that's I, true. I have others though, and I'm others. Well, thank you for the iced tea. I should mention that there's a reason for this topic because you're sipping tea, and I'm sipping tea. I'm ju I'm actually sipping um, uh, espresso. Oh, okay. You well, said is it, you, is it iced? No. You no, said well, you wanted something cold. I wanted something hot. All right. Here's the, here's a little. Piece of advice. I don't know if we've talked about this before, Here but we go. Uh, Eusty's into it too. But Father Charlie Sampson turned me on to the fact that, or, or to the myth, I mean, we deal with a lot of myths, myth. eh? that um, cold brew is, has no acid or it's much mm. less yeah. acid. Yeah, I've heard that. Than uh, hot brew. Okay. Maybe because the hot brew sits too long and then it becomes more acidic as it sits, or something about. Just keeping it cold. Sure. 
but I don't, I'm, well, I don't know if it's true, but anyway, as long as you're going to do your espresso, I've heard that you might want to ice it. Keep I thought about, down. I thought about doing uh, it iced, but I was like, nah, I'm ready for an espresso. So what kind of tea is this? Tastes good. There's a little cinnamon in there. Orange and spice. Ah. Orange and spice. Bigelow. It's herbal. Where's Bigelow out of? Is that a British thing? I think it's British. But if you talk to the Brits, thank you. Harumph. Oh, yeah. What? There's flying south. Yes. They're flying north now. Well, I'll give the shout out later. Um, Do puffins eat fish? Puffins? Yeah. I would think so. Okay. I wasn't sure what they're... They got to eat something. Fish, I imagine. Oh, that's in the poem. Okay, anyway. Cold brew. What were we just talking about? We were talking about pumpkin spice with oh, yeah. Bigelow. No. The Brits think Bigelow is like, I mean, you might as well just be buying bottom of the barrel or whatever. Ooh. Like, they don't actually believe that that's tea. Americans Folgers. Americans drink Bigelow, but and they think, oh, yes, I'm drinking tea. But if you mm. talk to a Brit and they're like, oh, yeah, I have some tea. And then it's like, you show them the box. They're like, ugh. It's like uh, Miller Lite. Kind of, yeah. What about... Uh, More like Schlitz, I think. Is it supposed to be like uh, they like, free leaf? They like the free leaf. They oh. like they like the free leaf. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, they're... they're Fortnum and Mason or whatever it's called. They're Put- the top, uh, top tea culture, right? One the, of them, yeah. Yeah, the tea culture export. But that's what I had. Orange and spice. Damn. I didn't know if you wanted any caffeine, but Dude, you wanted I a little it. flavor. I, You know, you took a 12-minute nap. I made some tea. It was, it was great. great. It was a nice nap. It was a ni- it's a nice tea. Uh, thank you. We're prepped and ready to go. Father <laughs> Father Nathan, I'm trying to make some peace before I get riled up. Ooh. Because I had the long drive stolen from me. <laughs> I had the long drive stolen from me. I think I held it, didn't I? What do you mean? I thought I had it last year or are you two years. In the uh, last 3 years, no, I you've didn't. won twice and I, I won once. Did you win or la- my brother won? Did you win I last remember. year? I think I did. At the Broadmoor? I think I did. So then I won it two years ago. Uh-huh. Because that's the picture of you, me, and your dad. Yeah. Uh, and your brother when we, I played in that foursome. Then you, well, maybe my brother won it yes last year. See, I my my then you won it, real f- then you won it four years ago. Then I won it three years ago. Then you're no Three years ago, your we brother won. Ha- we can't have held it. We don't have this dynasty. We have this. I think of- we might have a dynasty. Whoa. Yeah, I think so. But anyways, uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, you were not on the. Now here's the question. Wait, but though. you're holding it down for the whole Goble clan. My brother and I held it for a little while in that's our true. dynasty. But then you, you don't even have Mike helping you. Who sure. plays? Dave. No, my brother. My brother would be great if he could play on a foursome. If we had your brother. Dick Rap, well, then that's a fivesome. But, you know, if my brother could somehow get in on it, he'd be a great addition. All right. Well, I'm all for it. I don't want to... Dick he's Rap... A, he's a long way. Dick Rap sunk a 30-foot putt yesterday. Huge. Oh, man, it was long. And then... And it's like you got the lightning going on. And the hail. The, the hail. It was... Yesterday a, was the priest and ooh. seminary and appreciation event. Shout out to Doug Moberg and the uh, priest appreciation people at Catholic Radio, Karen Mandolfo. Rick Mann, George Hutchinson. You got all the names. Jay Cardosi. Good for you. Oh, they're great people. David and Susie. David and Susie Swanson. The um, the, the golf course of Raccoon Creek, as long as we're at it. Ed and Lori Beery. They they listen to the podcast. Uh, my friend Garrett. I sat next to this guy, Garrett. He won the men's long drive. So there's a priest long oh, that drive. Was a what, nice you do, th- what you don't know is there's a priest category for long drive. Right. So it's kind of a hybrid. We're not women. We're not men. We're priests. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, we don't golf as much. Maybe that's it, right? Anyway, he won, and he's a he's a listener, longtime listener, and his wife Monica. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah, and from Louisville. I tried to get yeah from Louisville, and I tried to name their. Um, they have a child on the way, and I tried to name the child, or just the middle name. I want them to call the middle name of the child Jesus. Ooh. They can do anything for the first name. Thomas of the Child, of the child Jesus. Okay. Don't you think? Well, it's kind of Theresean. Doesn't Therese do of the holy face or whatever? I don't know. But there was a one of the brothers of St. John or oh, something. Weird. You're reading that. Oh, yeah. Was uh, of the Child Jesus. All right. 
I like it. So anyway, shout out to you guys. Yep. And then Father Brady, Father Brady won the uh, uh, closest to the pen. He did. Yeah. yeah. For the priests. Here's the question. And though. Wait a minute, though. I Father Father Nathan gave this great acceptance speech that I absolutely loved, and he it's just off the cuff. He's talking. I mean, he's he is celebrating the strength and power of a large BMI, huge BMI, huge B, uh, uh, an abnormally large an, BMI, an, an more than average BMI. Yes, and then um, thanking half the people in the world, including parents and yeah. um, some like my vicar general, superiors of the chancery. Yeah, yeah, uh, it was fantastic. What I can't, and you know, in a weird accent, and um, it Giles was it Giles? I don't know. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to figure out. So you not only win the thing, but you win a lot of laughter, and right. you uh, impress me, your old friend, with how much darn wit you have. I don't know which part of the brain has the wit in it. Yeah. But it is amazing. You're laying it you on. You were born that not only this extra BMI, you got an <laughs> extra chunky wit factory or whatever. Here's the deal. The the story behind the BMI is this. All the guys over at Catching Foxes will appreciate this. Leah Dara, not so much. I didn't mean to get into this. Oh, I appreciate I know, it. I know, I know. Yeah, you're being very kind. I it's mean, really just the Father speech. John, I wanted Fa- to praise the speech. Right. Father John is, you know, not uh, prone to lavish praise. So, you know, I, oh, just I like appreciate the honor. them. Yeah. Um, Especially when I'm beat fair and square in the true. long drive. Um Oh, so at our convocation, we had a priest convocation where they call the priest together. And this one was on the health of the priest, which is good. We want healthy sure, priests, especially yeah. we've seen in years past unhealthy priests or whatever. But, and uh, not but, but one of the ways in which they gauge healthy priests is by having them calculate their BMI, their body mass index. Mm-hmm. Now, I have to say, this is a simple calculation. Simple it's calculation. Your height, height and your weight. And your weight. So do you weigh yep. the right amount for someone who is that size? Yes. And um, the truth of the matter is everyone who is overweight knows that they're overweight. <laughs> uh, or it, Well, you know, no, I wouldn't say that because everybody was everybody was overweight. Many people were. Except according, Father Jason According Munch. to the BMI chart, they knew they were overweight. But those who are uh, as overweight as I am, know that we're not going to do well on this chart. Okay? Yeah. So it tends to be an exercise in, frankly, shame for all the people who are either obese, severely obese, moderately obese, obese, whatever it is. And so I have to calculate it. Now, I have to be honest. I knew going into it, I was going to be obese. I knew going into it, I could be moderately obese. I knew going into it that there is a high chance given the fact that I have a pension. You're not that a, big. A penchant for uh, powdered donuts that I could be severely obese. But here's the deal, folks. I've been a priest for five years. Priest in good standing, five-year anniversary. Father Mike, he celebrated his 10th? Um, ninth. Ninth. Ninth anniversary. Right. Ninth anniversary. Father John is eighth anniversary. Father Michael Lockton, I think, is 13th anniversary. I'm just at the fifth. Priest in good standing, I've been asked to calculate my body mass index more times than I've been asked, are you faithful to the teachings of the church? Yeah. Do you preach the gospel of Christ? That that question's not asked, but hey, could maybe you, it's presumed. Could you calculate could but you I, calculate I your body mass index for me, please? So I just got a little touchy because I'm I'm I know about health. There's also other ways to gauge other kinds of health, and we seem to shove that chart in the face of a number of people a lot more times than we ask the question of, when was the last time you prayed a holy hour? Or when was the last time you uh, examined the rubrics of the church that dictate how to do a baptism? Yeah. We don't ask those questions, but I will be perfectly honest. I'm a priest in good standing who is moderately to severely obese thanks folks <laughs> I, I really didn't want no i wanted to say that i wanted to say that because if, if any one of them are listening if and any I, one of them are listening really the archbishop agree. does listen and he can calculate this you know i'm 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 gardening now 
So I'm trying to be healthy. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to exercise and everything. But you don't have to be fat to be unhealthy. And I'm a good Amen. You know, spokesman for <laughs> I know. getting out of shape. And you just feel winded. You feel bad. And you can, you can be heavy and also um, fa- fairly healthy, right? It's all, and it's an yeah. up and down. But I, the thing is the obsession with the health. The obsession. Right? Isn't the it that holiness is health? Holiness is... There's a lot of... Yes. Right? It's because you look happy, you look healthy, people want to follow you. It could be. You know, but I would say we had a gentleman come in from Minnesota who was great. I've certainly listened to him. He was like, you need to form these bundles, these kind of health bundles to kind of help you get back on track in terms of what are three or four things that you can commit to daily, weekly, monthly, yearly that are going to make you a better person, a little healthier. I like that stuff. I think it's good. I was just saying that given everything that's going on in the you know church right now, that's not the only way, you know, yeah. and that wasn't the only way. It was just like, it's okay. It's just a lot of reminders. Here we go again. Yes, a lot of that's reminders. Right. Not a reminders. Anywho, well, they but should, I, I did say. What about Santa Claus? That, He's a saint. Well, and Thomas Aquinas, they had, uh, reportedly, yeah, reportedly had, they had to cut a hole in the table so he could fit. Anyways. All right. As long as we're on this. Let's just move on. I actually, this is like. A, what do you have? So this is this fits in uh, twice relevant, doubly relevant. Okay. Thri- thri- what is it? Dreis? Dreis, Dreis relevant. Dreis relevant. Nice job. Um, so I was listening to your podcast because I like your podcast, and I was listening to um, this thing about uh, godparents. Yeah. And I thought it was great. I thought it was a great episode. I was very happy to hear your voice. I was uh, um, in a land of far away. And I was uh, kind of nostalgic, missing my friends. So it was good to listen to it. But at some point, you mentioned Double XL. And no. I don't know anybody else with Double XL. So when the sisters, the missionaries of charity, gave me this Egypt shirt, yes, I knew who to give it to. I knew who it was for. Is it a double XL? And you need a prize because you just won the thing. Now, it's maybe a it, it, it's maybe an Egyptian double XL. So it says double XL and it looks like a medium. Thing, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to take a picture in this doesn't, thing. Doesn't it say double XL? Maybe it's long. That's a double double XL. Yeah. Crocodile it's a crocodile double XL, Egyptian cotton. I it'll fit. It'll stretch. This see? might be for a child, <laughs> but I like you it. You know, I went shopping with this guy Boutros because I only had one pair of pants because I was, I, I was uh, traveling light with this little suitcase. Yeah, those discount airlines in in Europe, you have to have like a shoebox. So. <laughs> I'm laughing because I, all I had seen was double XL. Now, now when we open it, it's not, can't be. No, I'm gonna, so, I'm gonna take a picture but of anyway, myself with it on. I get these pants locally, and um, they're they're my right waist size or whatever, mm-hmm. and they turn out to be super tight pants, super tight pants for my retreat with the missionaries of charity. Yeah, like I was trying to pull something off, you know, aerobics instructor or something. Yeah. Oh. And I had to go with it because we were just working. Once that ball started, it was like. Right. Well. Um, Thank you. Do you want me to. I feel uh, pretty good right now. Oh, I, I need yeah, to get some of g- that stuff out. I'm a, glad the, the list, listener land knows. I mean, full of body, stronger than you'd like. I mean, that's that's kind of our motto as a as a as a. I think he's. Crew. I think he's hard on himself too. I let this be known because I don't think Father Nathan's unhealthy. He likes his peanut M&Ms, but he's not unhealthy. Yeah, I we all could do a little better, but I'm just I just had to get that out because I know that it's going to get to back to the people that I wanted to get back to. Yeah. So, um, are you doing the podcast? Gift. I got another gift. I, oh, you got another gift. Well, I'm do, I'll do the podcast. Okay, because it it could actually fit with this thing. It's and related. We, we can talk whatever. Great. Um, somewhat related. I another suppose. gift. Um, but I do have another gift. You want the other gift? This one is for your. That was because I went to Egypt and you're my friend. I like that. This one is because you won the... The long drive. The long drive. And because I have two and companions don't have excess. So I Good share. Point. All right. So um, Tamara Conley, shout out, who called me a liberal priest. Yes. Um, hooked me up. 
And now I have an extra. Oh, this is perfect. This flows right in. Most of these guys are obese. Is it? Oh, yeah. I don't know. There's probably some correlation between a 62 missile and... So you and... get your pick. Ooh. That's a fancy new one from Cardinal... Uh, oh, that's great. What is that? Cardinal O'Connor? Yeah. New York? It's nice. 2011. Mm-hmm. Ooh, fresh. Ooh, la, la. Crisp. Okay. That's the one she just gave me. But she had given me another one that is older but still so t- almost relevant. I think this is from 50, early 50s. Wow. Tamara Connolly is the assistant librarian or maybe assistant to the head librarian or whatever. Yeah. And they get a lot of books donated. Oh, so yeah. I said, hey, keep your eye out for an old missile. I'm a historian. She said, she said that I'm not traditionalist enough. So yeah. she was kind of reluctant, but I don't know exactly how to define that. Is there tabs? I guess I don't have the same sort of pi- sense of piety, but I absolutely love history and think it's valuable. And there's a certain aesthetic that I like about the whole thing. So I don't. I wouldn't count myself out of that club, but mm. I don't. I do also get annoyed by it. So I can't wait. Anyway, the uh, you get your pick, and we can put it in the. Sacristy, if you want. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Oh, there are tabs in this one. Yep. Nice. Well, I mean... Either one, man. My preference is, all always, yours. is always for I the need older. to go back and learn it. So, I want to learn it, too. Yeah. This well, don't take it if you're not going to learn it. Or if oh, no. you're not going to leave it for somebody who will. Oh, yeah. No, I, I actually want to. It's great. All right. So, that's okay. that. Taken care of. Long drive. 62 missiles. Who knew? <laughs> Well, there's not a whole lot of time left for I don't know how much actually. We got about we got about I'm, 25 to 30 is, minutes. Thing is, I'm looking at clicks. We've we've been at it for 25 to 30? Yeah. Okay. So, we'll do a quick I so, If you I've got a quick well, here's, one. Here's one. I got a quick one. Okay, go ahead. Well, we can do two two No, quick no, no. I'm 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 doing mine for a separate podcast. All right, so here, how about this? This last this last Sunday, and it's relatively fresh, so maybe people want to know. Fresh. Um, they Jesus was talking about, or was it this last? Yeah, uh, John fourteen. My peace I give you, um, not the peace that the world has. Right, not the peace the world okay. gives. And I was in I was in the Middle East recently, as you know, and they're always wishing each other peace. Assalamu alaikum. Salam alaikum. You know, alaikum uh, wassalam. If you want to ask how are you in Hebrew, you say mashlomcha or mashlomech, right? Uh, how's your peace? Hmm. Or what's your peace like? And in that context, this shalom or salam, it's something about you know, are things relatively in order in your life? Yeah. You know, Augustine says peace is the tranquility of order. Um, I think that's basically the same sense it's just like a wholeness to your life or is something off is something missing is something twisted something you know um and i I think it's a beautiful and fascinating way to greet people for one Mm -hmm. and it almost like sets up this sort of um highest value in society yeah you know interestingly enough jesus comes into jerusalem knowing that he's going to be killed there and he says, um, I would have longed you know, to give you, do, if only you knew what made for peace. Wow. If you knew what, uh, but you have missed the moment of your visitation. Yeah. And he, I came to bring peace. I want to gather you like a, uh, um, the hen, the, the birds, hen. you remember? Right. Um, but they're going to, they're going to kill him and he knows and he weeps. When he's looking over Jerusalem and he wants peace for them. He came to bring peace. Is he doing that as he's making his ascent up to Jerusalem? Because one of the Psalms of ascent Mm. is uh, pray for the peace of Jerusalem Mm -hmm. and then uh, on Israel peace. Yeah. Well, the the site is traditionally, it's called Dominus Flevit, where Jesus weeps. Yeah. It's just above the Church of the Nations on on Mount Olivet. Oh, wow. So you can see, yeah, you are overlooking the temple and you could probably see the road up 
that's on the east side. You could see the road up to the temple. So that, yeah, you you would as pilgrims have started your pilgrim uh, psalms. And um, on Israel peace, you know, Jerusalem means Jerusalem. Yeah, the Lord will provide peace. Peace. Yahoo. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah, in in the Greek um, interpretation, hmm. it's um, like this the city of peace. You know, and here Jesus is coming into the city, and he knows what happened. Man, I'm just Jerusalem, at- Jerusalem. Yeah. You killed the prophets. Yeah. Oh. You know? So there's this very strange thing about, you know, the world that wants to be at peace. Mm. After the flood, you have this peace, the symbol of peace that the Lord gives, mm. of mm-hmm. uh, the, the chaos from the flood. You could feel that yesterday playing golf. Oh, the deluge. You know? Yeah. Well, the fear of the thunder and the lightning when it's close and just the power of the rain, everything, um, and the destruction of the flood if you imagine that then you can imagine this moment of the clouds opening and the and the dove coming the dove coming back with the little um what is it olive branch frond or mm-hmm. yeah branch so peace you know that's the intention that's the hope that's everybody's hope right if you asked everybody well what what could we ask for as a human race hmm. i think most if given the thought you know, given time to think it out or ranking. Yeah. They want peace. Peace. That's, I mean, that's even Franciscan. I mean, the greeting is pox at bottom, right? Yep. In peace. Italian, we say pace bene. Yeah. Peace and goodwill or goodness. or So, I don't know. I should have looked up, but this is always the fun for the audience, oh, I yeah. suppose. Or I can ask you, what, what does hello mean? Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> you know, where does that come from? I know. Heil. Uh, I think there was... It's hail. Is it? Like, I mean, yeah. hail. Yeah, you're right. Hail. So that's... Yeah, right. So it's, There's probably it's something of English a, a derivative. or an honor. That's what hail is. Uh, like hail, like ave. Hark, hark, here salve. he is. Right. Hey, over there. Right. Hmm. But it's not necessarily... Okay. Well, we'll guess that's... I, I think you're right about that. I don't that, know. Yeah. Well, it's but dr- somebody, somebody's, somebody's yelling it into the... Words. Into the... Uh, you know, radio right now. So I was asking myself, well, Jesus lived in a time that was considered or called, it wasn't always promoted at his time, but called the Pax Romana, right? Where Augustus Caesar, because he conquered the whole known world or the Mediterranean world, they knew there was world outside, but they kind of considered that the civilized world Uh and the world at peace because everywhere outside of those borders, everybody's fighting all the time. Right. So within the Roman borders... It was the the military might and the policing of the state, really, the control that and and maybe also like the economic like um, success or whatever people were uh, less likely to fight. Um, they considered this the great like time of peace, right? Um, and that's the time, same time that Jesus is born in, saying, "I have a different peace." Um, he also says, wow. and this is like the weird paradox. Great. I came not to bring peace, but a sword. Now, like, what? How does that make sense? It's like the whole opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is something to wrestle with about what is the peace of Jesus, and um, how does it differ from the peace in the world? Because people want peace. People are trying for peace. People value peace, yeah. and the world is not peaceful. I felt that over there in Egypt. You know? Yeah. Um. Wow. What is it? It cuts through. They say that sin is, who was this? Sin cuts through. It's the line that cuts between the good and the bad in every human heart or something. Mm-hmm. Good and evil. Um, there's something about every person who's longing for peace. Oh, my peace. Paul says in one of the letters, um, this is a peace that passes all understanding. The peace that yeah, surpasses all understanding. That comes yeah. from the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Like you can't get it. You can't understand it, but it's awesome. Right? Isn't that what that means? Yeah. But can't we get it? Like, don't we know what it is? But it's we, like not war and it's everything in order. Yeah. Or? Yeah. Well, I mean, I was just, I was, uh, 
It's really good. It's refreshing to kind of to talk to you about this, frankly, because uh, a lot of times I'm uh, I haven't read some of the things that you know Father Michael and Father John are talking about. Um, but uh, whenever you, you kind of have these topics, like you know, kind of macro topics, like it where, where do you general, find yeah. where do you find peace? But you start to see like wow, like there's just ribbons of of peace like all throughout. Um, and one of them is Jesus says, when you go into this household, wish it peace. Mm-hmm. If a peaceful person lives there, your peace will return to you. If not, your your you know you will rest upon them. If not, your peace will return to you. Yeah, um, and then you shake the dust off your right. feet and you walk away. And that's kind of an aggressive. That's an aggressive peace move. Didn't happen. He also said, "Blessed is the peacemaker," as yeah. if we can make it. Yeah. Um. Well, I could give you two examples. I mean, I really, I want to get to these two examples because I, I wanted to bring up the question, but also I think this is a perfect because uh, you're not, you don't know what I'm going to talk about, but I'm seeing what you talk about. I'm going to do a follow up topic on this, and uh, so today yes. we're going to talk about peace. Okay, yeah, I mean, I, people get frustrated. Somebody recently told me, "Don't tell us when you're when you're recording because it doesn't feel like I'm on like it's totally fresh." And it's like, this is fresh, baby. Okay. This is fresh. It's going to come out fresh. Okay. Anyway, it's good to have a series. So You know what I say to that person? <laughs> Peace. Yes. There you go. So I don't know. I'm still wrestling with this. And I like that I'm still wrestling with this. What is peace? There was moments in this week when I was very restless. I was not at peace. Mm. There were moments in this in this week when I was very angry. There were moments when I was very sad. Um, there were moments of fear and none of those felt like peace as if peace is a feeling. I don't know. There is something about, remember Augustine says it's the tranquility of order. No, that's a feeling kind of, yeah, it's also like a state. It's like a reality. Anyway, um, one skill that I've learned that I like is when you got those really strong emotions, Recognize it, stop, recognize it, and then let it disperse. Breathe and let it disperse through your body. And it was helpful. I mean, it's not going to take it away. You're not solving anything. But your body has chemicals that are sort of pushing you to panic or overreact or something else. Yeah. You know? Or to stay in a different state than peaceful, right? Okay, so that's one quick. Then you got um, Our Lady... Our Lady of Cabejo. So I've been gardening, and I put up a little shrine for Our yeah. Lady of Cabejo. Um, she's a lady, uh, Our Lady, who appeared to some teenagers at a um, kind of a boarding school convent out in the countryside in Rwanda. You know this story, no? You know the Not Our Lady fully, of but Cabejo. yeah. So the, in the early '80s, Our Lady started appearing to these girls. And um, telling them we need to pray and organize prayer for peace. And we need to promote peace and reconciliation because there's a storm coming. And for 10 years, she kept appearing to them. And then in 94, you had the Rwandan genocide. You remember this? Yeah. Where there's two main tribes in Rwanda and that people were just killing each other in the streets, in the city. Mm -hmm. It was real madness. Things just came undone. These are people who have been living side by side for a very long time, um, but with lots of resentments and a lot of things that are not settled. And then somehow it became volatile. And I would say, you know, that's, you have, there's evil in the world, you know? And once it starts, the, the, the things start spinning. It's like, well, you're protecting yourself. You're living in fear. Things are out of control. And so it's just, it's a storm. You know? Panic. Panic. And uh, and Our Lady said, this is going to happen, but we're going to pray. And it, I think it really limited, one, limited what could have what happened. And it was very bad what happened. It was, a, it was wild how many people died, how many people got hurt, the, the in, t- insane violence. And, um, and then those people went back to their homes. And they're living next to each other again. Yeah. Right? And, but she provided a place also f- for pilgrimage where everybody goes to pray and to pray for peace because they want peace. They want peace with their neighbors. Yeah. They want peace in their hearts. It's hard to maintain, but 
it's real and it's possible. And so there's this kind of wild paradox between these people who are praying, but are also kind of dangerous to themselves and others, and um, kind of always walking this tight wire uh, when um, at peace, right? It's just kind of protecting it, but also recognizing that we need grace for that. You know, blessed are the peacemakers. That's not well-wishers. That's not naive people. Mm -hmm. That's people who can recognize what is not peace and what's possible for all of us and who fight to, uh, to keep it, uh, to keep a world peaceful and to keep themselves peaceful. You know? Um, okay. So there's that blessed are the peacemakers. And then I'm reading this book on Therese, the context of holiness. Can I ask a question about that before you get on to Therese? Okay. The, um, you said, you mentioned like the peacemakers, the peacekeepers. Um, so, and then Augustine peace is the tranquility of order, right? Uh, Yeah. So then how do you factor in, uh, violence, um, how do you factor in violence that is needed in order to obtain peace? Yeah, that was Egypt. That was Egypt. They had dem- democracy. They tried democracy, elected the Muslim Brotherhood. Um, they were tyrants, and they were eventually overthrown by the military government, hmm. who now rules. And the people that I talked to, all of these kind of these Christians, you know, educated people, they said, this is what the Egyptian people need. This is what we need. We, we work best under a pharaoh. And pharaoh means injustice, tyranny, but it means order. Hmm. And it means social stability. It means peace. And that usually brings at least some economic success. Yeah. And we've seen this through our history. This is who we need. And what they're saying is what you're saying. If you don't have a heavy hand someone policing there is no peace you have to have yeah people corralled into the order you know yeah i mean the the even the the christian order is to have a king a righteous king you know and even plato says as much i mean you need to have a philosopher king that rules uh who knows what is the good and kind of educates people in the good so that as they see him make those decisions it's we're all kind of ordered towards that good. The hard part is, you know, we have people at times who have to go on these peacekeeping missions and they have to use force yeah. in order to accomplish that. Well, and I'm not, I'm not absolutely, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to set up a disjunctive that's too extreme because I do think, like I said, we can't be naive. This is a fallen world. Yeah. So... Does the world have to be kept in peace? Yeah. I do think it's good that we have... I'm not an anarchist. Oh, if we were all just filled with the Holy Spirit. Right. But I do think things have to be different in the, in the, um, in the Christian life. And so that's where I think the second example is kind of... Yeah, okay. Maybe going to push sure. the I'd, discussion. Let's do it. So the second example is this book I'm reading on um, Therese of Lisieux. Thank you to the women who these young women gave me this book after the Easter vigil but they gave me their first names and I don't can't actually remember that conversation Easter vigil is pretty busy yep you're meeting a lot of people this is Kyla Esner and Emily Donahue do you know either well thank you for the book Uh, I look forward to discussing it with you they must be lords because that's where I was but it's a psychological and spiritual uh, reflection on the life of St. Therese of Lisieux hmm by Mark Foley, OCD, which is yeah. Carmelite, right? Yep. Um, and a little bit ironic because it's a psychological piece by an OCD. Uh, <laughs> no? Um, come on. Come on. They uh, get that a lot. Yeah. Well, but, but the interesting thing is I was a little bit threatened when I started reading this book because he's going to psychoanalyze Therese and her family. And he says, yeah. like, well, we can't have the hagiography anymore that treats people like they're characters and, and cartoons. You know what, what he means. Oh, yeah. Like this overly pious, there was nothing ever wrong with their life. Let me tell you, only the good stuff. But anybody who's read Therese knows that that's not true. Even by her own words in her autobiography, you're like, you're a little snot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was... Oh, uh, she knew that. 
she and knew she that. Admits and admits that. And other people knew that. But the thing is, the interesting thing is that her parents, Zeli and Louis, were canonized. Yeah. And but they also had mental illness. They had mental illness. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing. And he's saying, well, how does it? How does the mental illness of these parents affect Therese? And uh, he argues that in several ways. Um, now I'm only three chapters in, but I found it fascinating enough to talk about it. That in some ways, the mental illness was passed to Therese, or was maybe not the same ways, but it certainly affected her in profound ways. So sure. a couple of the ways that they say is that Zelly had extremely, that's her, uh, Therese's mother. Mom. She had extremely um, severe anxiety problems to the point where she couldn't nurse Therese. She had lost several children mm-hmm. in... Um, when at young young ages, oh, wow. you know, sick children, they've died. Yeah, she um, had had problems with her business. She had a sewing business, and um, there's lots of lots of things that it brought up that really you can see, like oh, anybody would be mm-hmm. really burdened by that and be very anxious. So she was worried about about Therese, and so this guy says that even in like infancy, this Therese is picking up on this and catching the. Um, this sort of psychological, yeah, I don't know. It's in the it's in the anxiety, right? Uh, ecology, yeah, the social ecology, yeah. And then it says that this probably affected the her fear for socializing later in life. She had a problem with that. She had a hard, real hard time socializing as a young girl, and then um, in high school, and um, and then also her extraordinary turn toward internal prayer and mental prayer. So this he's trying to argue that this very difficult thing that remained with her, that doesn't go away, Yeah, actually turned out to be the cause of one of the greatest fruits possible um, that we've seen, a doctor of the church, because she prays vividly and um, has had practice praying mm-hmm. for a very long time. So that, I found that beautiful. And then talks about her abandonment issues. Similarly, she was sent away at one year old, and then at three, um, mm. her mother dies, and then she goes to a boarding school soon after and is split up from her sisters and her family. And so she's got these abandonment issues, and he argues that the later fruits that you see is the way that she looks for uh, looks to help and to serve the marginalized in the convent. That these um, she reaches out, particularly a sister Marie, that nobody else wanted, who's a grump, real mean sister, mm-hmm. and uh, wanted to love her because she had this sort of sympathy and her own brokenness. You know, she doesn't, she didn't want anybody to feel abandoned because she knew what that felt like, yeah. and it was very sad. And uh, she loved heroically, and that that there's some beautiful, beautiful testimony from that sister um, that are g- given here. So. Why I think that relates to peace is because his argument, and which I think is is beautiful and profound, is that she didn't. She, it wasn't like things came together when she fixed everything, when everything that was broken becomes fixed. She lived in a state of kind of mental illness. You know, throughout all of this, God did incredible things and brought more fruit. Mm-hmm. And I think she also lived with a kind of serenity and tranquility that comes not from fixing all the stuff that's wrong, putting it in order, controlling yeah. the disorder, but from uh, resignation to providence. I trust you, God. Yeah. Even these things that are hurt, that hurt, um, and that may never heal. Um, they can work for the glory of God. And uh, that can give a different kind of peace. Now, I'm not sure that's what Jesus was saying, but I am impressed with this. And I am impressed that even in the midst of a situation that's not entirely resolved, there can be peace. Mm-hmm. You know, In Rwanda, there can be peace, real peace, between people oh. who have hated each other for a very long time. In oh, the Middle East, too. In the Middle East, in the human heart. Yeah, you know, and in this experience, and hopefully there is healing. I do think you know psychology is good, um, working for peace. You know, blessed are the peacemakers. Right, there can be a, and I don't think that's just a sort of resignation to providence. I do think there's like try to put the world in order. Right, and yourself. I mean, 
I think that so much of it is we try to find peace on our own. And Jesus says, in the world, you will not have peace. Mm-hmm. Only in me. And uh, we try to find a number of different things that we can we yeah. can put our... If I had my financial stability. Yes. If I was healthy. We're going to talk about that. That's next episode. I like that, though. Ah. But the peace... The peace portion is, I, I would say at least for Therese, because uh, she's one of my home girls, you know. Like, oh, yeah. I, I love Therese. And she's amazing. The Because um, a lot of people a lot of people say, you know, well, she had all these difficulties or whatever, but then she had this amazing prayer experience, and then everything, you know, like Our Lady fine. smiled upon her, and then she, whatever. Well, I would agree. Like, w- Wouldn't you be on cloud nine? Yes. I mean, absolutely. But it, it, doesn't, it doesn't solve everything. You know, and it didn't solve everything in her, but the task is, um, and this is what I think in part you're alluding to, is there's a process of sanctification that's not just, I was a saint, I am a saint, I'll always be a saint. It's that God was working out her sanctification through her sisters, her brothers, mm-hmm. her, uh, you know, collaborators in the in the convent. Her um, her spiritual directors, her formators, her uh, novice master, her um, spiritual director, all of them. Like a saint is produced in and through cooperation and collaboration with like an entire community, and some of that is not even knowing that this person is is having an effect on me. That Sister Marie may have been a difficult pill. For St. Therese, I don't know if this is the one that she's talking about, yeah, yeah. where she was clicking her beads behind her or whatever, and just drove her batty. But then something about that was formative. Yeah. And God uses persons to form the heart. Yeah. And not just like, you need to have an experience of prayer. A lot of times people try to go to prayer, and what they need is human relationships. Sometimes people try to fill prayer with human relationships, and it doesn't work. Yeah. And I would have to say too, I should put, I, I, I'd be neglecting something if I didn't add. Her parents were, um, were saints. So yeah, and, and Louis, I didn't mention this, but Louis, her father, uh, spent most of his latter uh, years in a mental hospital. Mm-hmm. But they are saints. That means they they lived lives of heroic virtue, not just okay. They had a daughter who was a saint, and we need like cu- married couples. Uh, they lived lives of heroic virtue yeah. with problems, yeah. and those and that their, their life of fighting, um, and even probably a lot of scruples about how they're not being the parents they should be or would want to be. Their life fighting with all that um, and loving in spite of it, praying deeply, yeah. teaching the children, it was made for saints. I mean, it's and right. it's it's sainthood. Yeah. So I I guess. Yeah, it's it's about for me it's just like well let's not oversimplify this thing about peace but really trust in God. And um mm-hmm. and if you're looking for peace personally or you can't find it in your life or you feel like something's off or missing, know that God can provide that and that the feeling is in everything. That there's a bigger picture. Huh? I made the mistake and I mean this. I made the mistake of going to see John Wick 3. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a mistake. Keanu Reeves? Keanu Reeves. John Wick 1 is great. John I never Wick. See, no, I haven't seen any of this, but I have heard it's good. Are you sh- Oh, that was with Jason. John Wick 1 is good. Not for kids, a lot of shooting, you know, whatever. John Wick 2, it gets a little crazy. John Wick 3, whatever. But the last line, one of the last lines of John Wick 3, uh-huh. which is going to flow into the next topic. Ready? Yeah. Seek vis pacem parabellum. Yeah, seek, uh, seek, men seek peace through war. If you want peace, uh, if you wish for peace, yeah, then parabellum, prepare for war. Prepare for war. Ah. Prepare for war. Oh, yeah. I like that. That's not the same thing as I was thinking of. You, you, the way that the way of peace is through war. It's that's, not through that's it's, Augustus. It's not that's Augustus, and it's a pretty wise thing. It's not all but war. It is prepare for war. It's, I think that's interesting. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Prepare, prepare for war. I didn't even think about that, but uh, that's the name of the movie, John Wick, 
three Parabellum. Yeah. Seek vis pacem Parabellum. Do we know who said it? Um, yeah, I know. Can I throw this into about Tess? She has a great poem, if you want to go look, and I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, about a rose unpetaled. So she saw herself as the sweet rose in the garden, right? And she also saw her life. She had TB. It was it's very painful, mm-hmm. and you're going down. And I can't even I understand. remember. Do you? Um, I have TB. Oh, it's not do. active. I forgot about not that. Not active. Oh, I wasn't trying to... Pick on you either. I know it's there. It's yeah. dormant forever, right? Dormant, yeah. So she has this poem about a, a, a rose unpetaled, uh-huh. and she felt like God was plucking her apart, mm. destroying her, mm-hmm. ripping her apart, um, or that life was. But she said, as long as it's going to happen, I trust you, God. I trust that you will be um, throwing the petals of my life um, at the foot of the cross to make a soft bed and a glorious one for the approach of the king to Calvary. So she wanted her wow. suffering to be a gift, you know, and it's, that's incredible, you know? Yeah. I mean, and it's real. She felt like a lot of pain. It wasn't, even with that a beautiful prayer like that and a beautiful prayer life like that, that does not mean you're not going to have the, the right. pain. Yeah. All right. Great. What do you think? Well, I like that. That's a great episode. Pox of Bonum. Pox at bottom. Um, I think I think we're gonna skip shout outs so that we have enough time uh, for the next one because I got a I got yeah. a four thirty appointment. Okay, sorry guys. You got any shout outs? Everybody, I'm being selfish. Um, no, I mean one shout out goes to Ben Tlugan and his wife. My sister Marsha, my little sister, was named after his mother, who was best friends with my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, ben called me recently and said that he had converted to Catholicism a few years back. He just finished a the, uh, theology master's at the St. Paul Seminary, and he's been working for parishes. And he's going to start a podcast on um, health. It's like health and... <laughs> ironically, yeah, it's good. It fits the topic. Health and Catholicism. Ironically. Uh, but it's not... What was the other one that we're doing? Swole, Swole Catholic. So, um, Ben, those are all great. Good to hear. Uh, childhood friend, and I think his wife is Catherine and their kids. So, blessings. And know of my prayers. All right, I'll do one shout out. Ready? Uh, dear fathers, I hope this night finds you well. I wanted to thank you, Father John, Father Michael, Father Mike, Father Nathan, for your work with the Catholic Self Podcast. Uh, I first came across the pod- podcast in the summer of 2017 in an attempt to patiently endure. A rush hour commute from Children's Hospital to my apartment near the Broncos Stadium, I began listening Uh, to whichever episodes caught my eye. Although the traffic remained, I found myself looking forward to my commute as a time for laughs and reflection. Since returning home to Raleigh, North Carolina, I've shared y'all's podcast with my family and friends. Thanks for being a bridge to Christ. Drew Navarro um, of uh, Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Shout out uh, to uh, Jackie, a nurse in Long Island and a listener. And my friend Stephen, a seminarian at St. Charles Borromeo in Philadelphia. Thanks, Dave. Drew Navarro. Are you connected? Isn't there a Navarro on Metallica? Chris Lebsock's coming into town. That's oh, why yeah. it's on my mind. But I don't know. Anyway. All right, folks. Peace. Peace. Peace be with you all. Peace.